0: Head of Nissan and the acting CEO of Renault have been in crisis talks after the arrest of Carlos Ghosn. After 30 years under a commercial hunting ban, Japan announced its withdrawal from the International Whaling Commission. Japan's Naomi
1: Osaka has won the women's singles title at the Australian Open and claimed the number one ranking in the process. To win another one is
2: definitely a dream come true.
1: Welcome to Japan in Focus, the first episode for 2019. Hello, I'm Eleni Salters. Coming up, pop star Ariana Grande's new tattoo raises eyebrows in Japan.
0: What she ended up with was just another example of sadly a, a bad kanji tattoo.
1: And a new scandal engulfs the Abe government and this time it involves wage figures. 21 year old Naomi Osaka broke a number of records when she won this year's Australian Open. She became Japan's first ever world number one tennis player. She also became the youngest number one player since 2010. But Shihoko Goto from the Wilson Center's Asia program in Washington says, tennis achievements aside, she's also redefining what it means to be Japanese.
2: She represents a new face of Japan or a new sense of Japanese identity. And it's not unusual in Japan to have people who are of mixed race. There is this myth about Japan being a... Know, of all the same race but there's actually a very good mix of, of people especially in the urban areas what naomi represents though is something a little bit different it's a new brand of being japanese which is to say she has japanese citizenship but she hasn't spent a lot of time if, if any in japan so we have people, celebrities in Japan, from singers to people who've won uh, Miss Japan contests, etc., who look quite different from your average Japanese by Japanese standards, but in all respects they are Emotionally, educationally, very Japanese. They've been brought up in Japan and they've never left the country.
1: And despite that, for the Miss World uh, candidate, Miss World Japan candidate, despite being fluent in Japanese, she still copped a lot of racism on social media for being what is called in—it's a derogatory term. She was called a halfu, a half caste.
2: Yes, yes. So, so that's always been incredibly painful for those who. May look slightly different um, for, from the average Japanese, but in all circumstances, under all, any, any kind of metric, I believe, they, they are Japanese. They've, they've been born and raised and went through the educational system. Their, their mother tongue is Japanese, and they feel most comfortable in Japan. Um, quite often, they've never spent any time outside of Japan, and yet um, many of them have, have had trouble not necessarily being assimilating to society, but being accepted by the society that they have assimilated into.
1: And I guess this is the challenge for Naomi Osaka because, as you just mentioned before, she did not grow up in Japan. She grew up in the United States. And uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. She was filled right. at a question from a Japanese reporter who wanted the tennis star to only reply in Japanese for her response. Mm. What do you think about such a request?
2: Yeah, well, assimilation is very important in Japan, and so it's very strong in, in various areas, but one of the most famous ones is the sumo world. I do know that there are a lot of foreign wrestlers who come in from places like Mongolia, etc., and they come and they are expected to not just be really amazing wrestlers, but really assimilate into the culture of of the sumo world and also be fluent in Japanese, and they're not allowed to speak Japanese in interviews when they are seen um, as sumo wrestlers. That kind of standard is being expected in certain quarters um, from a tennis player like Naomi as well, which I believe it really goes against the tide of the w- in very cosmopolitan international globalized world of tennis i also believe that that goes against what japan should be aspiring to moving forward but going back to the idea of this you know how do you define being japanese mm. she has not necessarily assimilated to japan because she does not speak the language she never grew up in japan her um linguistic um, you know, her, her cultural background is by these metrics, not Japanese.
1: But well, she, she does speak the language to an extent because she didn't miss a beat when she answered that Japanese reporter mm-hmm. asking the question in Japanese. She didn't miss a beat answering it in English. So clearly the comprehension's there and uh, there right. is a level of Japanese proficiency. Is, is that um, okay?
2: By the conservatives of Japan, no. Um, And I think that's the beauty of, of Naomi, that she is pushing the boundaries and she is really challenging people to reconsider what it is to be Japanese and what standard of Japanese fluency is seen to be good. Is it good to be good enough? And what is good enough? And all countries, uh, many countries have that. I think countries like Australia and the United States are actually um, the exceptions, the good exceptions to the rule Rule of, you know, what it is to be from that country. For instance, France has a very high standard of you know, like linguistic fluency and lingu- um, language expectations so that they are seen to be, you know, embody French culture and language and what have you. The Japanese, similarly, they have a very high standard. But here's the thing. Japan is facing a tremendous demographic challenge. Mm. It needs people. It needs good people, smart people, competitive people. These are qualities that people like her have, and it's qualities that a lot of mixed-race people have. They are, many of them are driven. Many of them, because of the way they are born, because of their own struggle with identity, whether they like it or not, they have, to, they have had to be more thoughtful than your average Japanese who can just muddle through being Japanese.
1: Well, coincidentally... Naomi Osaka will turn 22 later this year, and she's reported mm-hmm. to have uh, dual citizenship. And according yeah. to Japanese law, once you turn 22, you do have to choose your allegiance and decide whether to uh, relinquish the other citizenship and retain your Japanese citizenship. Does this also reignite the debate about dual citizenships in Japan?
2: It certainly will if she chooses U.S. citizenship. The expectation right now is that she will move on an economic calculus and go with the Japanese citizenship, and that would ensure that she continues to have the big corporate sponsors from Japanese companies in particular, and that the value of that Japanese passport is tremendous for precisely that reason. But if she does choose an American passport, instead, then that really will make Japan think twice. And I think that will really spur the debate about dual citizenship and the need to keep Japanese who really can compete internationally.
1: Shioko Goto from the Wilson Center's Asia Programme in Washington there. And you're listening to Japan in Focus on ABC News Radio. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has apologised in the Japanese diet this week as the opposition continues to cry foul over incorrect labour statistics. It emerged earlier this month that unauthorised statistical methods were being used for years to compile the average monthly wage levels of workers. Scott North is a professor of sociology at Osaka University. He says the Prime Minister was potentially using these incorrect figures to promote his economic program.
3: Of course, every political party wants to show that economic growth is taking place and that its economic policies are bringing benefits to the population. But in addition to that, in Mr Abe's case, the government is planning to raise the consumption tax by 2% in the fall of 2019 and I think they want to show that the uh, that wages are going up in advance of that tax rise which many people are worried about.
1: Okay, but how would fudging growth figures work in the government's favour in the long run? I mean, if the regular worker out there is not reaping the benefits directly or seeing any significant wage growth personally, surely uh, suspicions would arise.
3: Uh, One would hope, but it's hard to say whether people are very aware of what's going on it's probably important to, to back up a step and think a little bit about what kind of figures were being gathered. The labor ministry uh, guidelines said that they were supposed to gather income figures from workers in all companies with more than 500 workers. The number, the the percentage of companies with more than 500 workers in Japan is less. It's less than one tenth of one percent. So, this is a very narrow slice of Japanese firms, and they employ less than 10% of the labor force. And what the government did in this case was to survey only selected companies, and they said randomly selected, only selected companies in Tokyo, which has the highest average income in the country. So it seems like a fairly blatant attempt to try to make wage figures look better than they actually are.
1: And is there any proof that this was a ministerial direction or just public servants taking it upon themselves? Because after all, in previous scandals, that's what's happened, where public servants have done something with the perception that their senior wants them to do it. And there's even a Japanese word for it, somtaku
3: Well, it's unclear whether there was direction from the top. And in addition, it would be hard to say who, if anyone, gave the order. Um, I think From years of conversation with my Japanese colleagues who often work with government data, I've learned that many of them think that Japan is a sort of black hole for data. Um, The government gathers an awful lot of statistics, but they refuse to release any of their raw data for secondary analysis because of, quote-unquote, privacy concerns even though all the data that they collect is collected anonymously. So I I can give you some examples. When it comes to work hours, Japan is quite selective about how it gathers those statistics. And then the way that it calculates work hours ignores a great deal of variation. It tends to issue average work hour statistics. And this isn't unique to Japan. I think a lot of governments do this. Uh, Virtually every government has several sets of unemployment figures and they measure in different ways, and they tend to release those that are politically most advantageous. Or in the United States, we had Ronald Reagan fudging the numbers on poverty by simply redefining the poverty line and thereby eliminating a lot of poverty. So what Japan's doing here is much less drastic than the manipulation of unemployment figures or the manipulation of the poverty line by Ronald Reagan. But Even though it's a fairly small thing, the opposition parties have seized upon this infidelity, and they're uh, refusing to participate in budget negotiations. The Liberal Democratic Party has used its parliamentary majority to carry on uh, with the budget negotiations nonetheless.
1: You say it's probably a small thing and that other states are guilty of fudging stats as well, but I I guess surely this would undermine the public's trust in statistical information in general, wouldn't it?
3: You would hope so. I mean, in, in real terms, they... The government claimed that there was a 3.3% rise in income uh in uh, 2018 which would have been the largest increase in 21 years but the revised figure shows an increase of only about 2.8%. The thing to remember is this is an increase for people who work in very large companies that have higher salaries than uh than smaller firms. So begin with, it's a distortion. The fact that you're surveying only people who work in the largest firms, right away, uh, should be a red flag.
1: Professor of Sociology at Osaka University, Scott North there, and you're listening to Japan in Focus on ABC News Radio. American pop artist Ariana Grande has a new single out, and to celebrate, she decided to get a tattoo. But the kanji she used has raised quite a few eyebrows in Japan, as author of the book Japanese Tattoos, Brian Ashcraft, explains.
0: Ariana Grande recently released a new single called Seven Rings. And to mark, so to speak, uh, the release of that single, she decided to get a tattoo, a Japanese l- uh, language tattoo. And she, uh, <laughs> she, what she ended up with was just another example of, a, a sadly, a, a bad kanji tattoo. And uh, kind of the thing that, that's uh, almost maddening about the whole situation is that in the music video for Seven Rings, it's written correctly, seven rings in Japanese. Uh, but what she did was she, she just got the uh, kanji character for seven, and she got the other character, this this character that can mean like wheel or, or hoop or, or ring, and she had them put together thinking that that was uh, seven rings. But it actually, what those two characters together mean is they, for, they form a word that means a small charcoal grill, and it's a this is a very famous word and as soon as anyone who, who knows japanese would see this or saw this tattoo they would immediately wonder why her hand is tattooed with a with the word for you know a grill a barbecue
1: she's got a barbecue and, on her hand
0: right so she has a barbecue on her hand she took several characters out of it and you you, you end up with this weird kind of like bad google translate version uh on her hand And um, it was pointed out to her, I guess, that this was wrong. So she decided then she needed to fix it. (laughs) And so what she then did was, I guess, somebody told her that if she added in another character, that she would get uh, that it would make things better. But it actually ended up making everything much more convoluted. And when she posted the picture of her new tattoo, she, she, she seemed to be under the assumption that she had gotten rid of the small charcoal grill was no longer on her hand, but when when you if you're reading it correctly, her hand now says "Small charcoal grill finger," and then with a heart mark so she she just it ended up just make taking a bad situation and then kind of compounding it and making it uh, worse.
1: Brian, how often is Japanese kanji misappropriated?
0: I don't know if it's misappropriated here because I mean, it's kind of hard to call out, you know, English speakers for, for misappropriating Japanese when, you know, Japanese people do it all the time. You know, just just walk around and look at billboards or packaging here or signs and products. Yeah, product. the, um,
1: at a cafe, sorry, we are open.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or just like, so it, it happens a lot. And I think that what happens with uh, foreigners is that they often have something in their mind in English and then they try to put that into Japanese And then that's where kind of the wheels come off and stuff, you know, uh, goes south.
1: Author of the book Japanese Tattoos, Brian Ashcraft, there. And that's all for Japan in Focus for this week. See you next time.